and This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. It came from the Russian Times. The West must rediscover its values and unite if it's going to defeat Putin. That's right. In front of Vladimir Putin's imperial ambition stands a surprisingly coherent and sort of united west at the start of the conflict as per usual the first instinct of western countries was disunity each looking after their own interests undoubtedly the west has emboldened vladimir putin through its failed green policies economic insanity and weakness yet it appears to have stepped up and shown a rarely seen solidity that they did not have during the pandemic's darkest hours for example well If the West has to rediscover its values, as this article says, what are its values? It's very easy to throw around the words, our values, but what are they? Who is the our that is being referenced for establishing the values? Is it you? Is it me? Is it the President of the United States? Is it the newly re-elected President of France? Who is the one, who are the ones that are establishing the values? Then also from the Russian Times came this article. Biden says the U.S. must lead the new world order. Well, if the United States is to lead the new world order, and Joe Biden says so, that would tend to indicate that the United States and the entire Western world, which is the resurrecting Roman Empire and the New World Order, would be speaking the same language. In other words, we would have the same values. But what are those values? And what is that language? Well, one one, one could actually say that the universal language is money. They say that money makes the world go round, They also say that love makes the world go round, but money makes the world go round. So as Bill Clinton once said, it's the economy, stupid. So it's all about money. Therefore, Klaus Schwab may have it right when he says and started his World Economic Forum decades ago and now has uh, uh, led the Western world in its pursuit of the Great Reset to take effect on 2030, just eight years from now, or seven and a half years from now, to be completed, the Great Reset. But what is the Great Reset? What language does it speak? It's been said that English is the lingua franca of the world. In other words, the universal language of the world. It used to be called Latin. Now it's English. English is the universal language of the world. But sometimes you'd never know that if you came to the United States in certain areas of the United States where you would not even be able to understand anything that was said. Hence, we have the disunifying of America by Mr. Biden's universal application of unfettered immigration, migration across our borders without any test and disregarding all laws and all common sense. For what reason? Is it to unify for common values, 
Or is it to disunify for a different set of values that are being redefined as the new set of common values, i.e. world governance? Well, all of that today, as we take a look at the Tower of Babel that is being rebuilt in our nation's capital. Now, that may come as a surprise. We announced it uh, about six, eight months ago. But now it is actually going to take place and will be completed by the year 2025, five years before the end of the Great Reset. The Tower of Babel will introduce that to you. Then also there's a war going on concerning the matter of whether or not an area that has been discovered by scientists over in the eastern part of, southeastern part of Israel is actually Sodom. You know, the old Sodom and Gomorrah of Genesis chapter 11? There's actually a war going on about that. A war among scientists because, in effect, ungodly scientists don't want to allow a divine foot in the door to authenticate scripture in any way even though all of the facts seem to uphold that, in fact, what has been discovered and written about by 21 different leading scientists is, in fact, the ancient Sodom and Gomorrah confirming the authenticity of Scripture. But then we also have the issue of a recurring Sodom. You see, we have a recurring Tower of Babel, and then we also have a recurring Sodom. But one of the common threads in both of them is the current president of the United States, Joseph Biden. So today's program actually is Babel, Sodom, and Biden. Babel, Sodom, and Biden. And you'll have to stay tuned in order to see how all of this connects, because it really does connect. And if Biden is going to cause the U.S. to lead the New World Order, he has to bind the New World Order together with the so-called values, the rediscovering of values that are going to define the Western world, which is the resurrected Roman Empire spoken of by the ancient prophet Daniel. So first we take a look at the meltdown over a discovery of biblical Sodom. Friends, what we're about to share with you here today, some of it, just in words, is going to be so potentially troubling to your spirit. I urge you to beware, anchor your seatbelt. Because some of the things that we're going to share today, indeed, are very troubling to our spirit and ought to be troubling to our spirit because the question hovering over us as we speak right now is, are these the last days? Interestingly, an article came out just uh, in the last couple of weeks asking the question, are these the last days? What would you say? And on what basis would you determine it? On what basis would you determine your answer that these are the last days? Well, for one thing, the last days began on the day of Pentecost, right after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. The Apostle Peter alluded to that, saying, at the time of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, he said, brethren, 
This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And your young men shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my handmaidens will I pour out my spirit in those days. So the last days have been almost 2,000 years now. In maybe eight years, it'll have been 2,000 years. Think about it. That's the time we're living in, friends. That's the time you are living in. And it's the time that you and I are called to the kingdom for such a time as this. So this is the time. We're not living just in the last days. We're ending in living in the latter portion of the last days. What do they look like? We're about to see. Stay tuned. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Babel, Babel, Sodom, and Biden. That's what we're talking about here today on Viewpoint. As we ask the question, are these the last days? Are these the latter times of the last days? You see, there are three periods of time that the Bible talks about with regard to eschatology. One is the last days or the end of the age, the latter days. Then there's the latter days, The book of Ezekiel, chapter 38 and 39, talks about the latter times or the latter days in which there will be the war of Gog against Magog uh, that we read about. Then again, we have another period of time that is a much shorter period of time, a period of perhaps just a few months, called the Day of the Lord. The day, the time when God himself pours out his wrath on the children of disobedience. Until then, the wrath of man becomes increasingly poured out. And God has never exculpated us from the wrath of man. But he has said that he would not pour out his wrath on the children of disobedience. So there are two different periods there. Man's wrath and then God's wrath. A lot of people don't want to make that distinction, but it is a very clear distinction in the Scripture. So, we look today at this moment in time, Genesis chapter 11, where God looked down and he saw this area that Abraham's nephew, Lot, had gone to when they divided up after having left Ur of the Chaldees and... uh, Lot had followed Abraham into uh, Canaan land. So their flocks were too large to handle the water and the land and so on. So Abraham told Lot, look, you decide whether to go off to the west or go to the east. Lot lifted up his eyes toward the land of Sodom. 
and it appears to him to uh, be a prosperous area uh, for his flocks and so on, like the land of Egypt. So he headed his family in that direction. In fact, the Bible says he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Catch those words. He pitched his tent toward Sodom. In other words, he intentionally set his face, his direction, his hopes, his expectations on Sodom as opposed to Canaan land, which God had called Abraham to. So he gets to Sodom, and it's not a very favorable place for people who trust God. In fact, it's very unfavorable. And so for a period of years, Lot and his family are living there. He raises his daughters there, and uh, they become infatuated from with some young men there. They're going to get married uh, in this in the midst of the spirit of Sodom. But God looks down and He says, "You know what? This is about as ungodly a place as I could ever have imagined humankind would come to." And so. He said, I'm going to destroy it. I'm just going to wipe it out. I cannot tolerate it. Their sin, their debauchery, and it's from the word Sodom that we get the word sodomy, which is the official linguistic word to describe the perversion of homosexuality and lesbianism. It's not called gay, and it's not called queer. It's sodomizing, and it comes from the word or the land of Sodom. So God looked down on this situation, and he said, I'm going to destroy it, but I'm going to tell Abraham what I'm intending to do so he can pray about it. So uh, God tells Abraham, and Abraham uh, realizes the situation is grave, and he knows what uh, Sodom is like, but he cries out to God, what, four or five times, Lord, if there be 50 righteous people in Sodom, will you spare it? God said, okay, if there are 50 righteous people there, I'll spare Sodom. Abraham wasn't wasn't convinced there were 50 righteous people in all of the land of Sodom. So he says, well, how about 40, Lord? And so he keeps bargaining down because Abraham has no confidence that there's any righteousness at all in Sodom. And, and God is pretty secure understanding there isn't. So Abraham bargains down again. How about 30, Lord? How about 20? Well, Lord, I'll tell you what. This is my final offer. Uh, If you find 10 righteous in Sodom, will you spare the land? And God said, yes, I'll spare it for 10. But there weren't 10. There weren't 10. So we sent in a couple of angels to take out Lot and his wife and his two daughters because they were the only ones that were even close to righteous in Sodom. And when the angels went to bring out Lot and his wife and his two daughters, the two daughters' fiancés laughed at them and refused to go because they were sodomizers. They were of the spirit of Sodom. So, it's like it is today. Those who are promoting 
including the President of the United States, promoting sodomy, promoting every perversion, every sexual perversion under the sun in the name of equity and fairness and justice and freedom. That's the way it is. It's the spirit of Sodom. Now, in that context came this article. What everyone agrees on is that something unusual happened at an ancient settlement near the Dead Sea called Tal el-Hammam. In a layer of ancient earth, archaeologists claim to have found evidence of an apocalyptic event, melted rooftops, disintegrated pottery, unusual patterns in the rock formations that can be associated with intense heat. For another three to six centuries after 1650 B.C., the settlement's 100 acres lay fallow. But when Stephen Collins, the principal archaeologist there, considered the scientist's evidence in an article that ran last year in the respected scientific journal Nature, he claimed that the incineration matched with the place and timing of the biblical kind of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. But that brought, brought down what in academic circles might be called hell fire on him. Why? Well, that story of Sodom and its sister city, Gomorrah, is one of the Bible's best-known stories. And we told you the story. Now, on the face of it, you don't really need a rocket scientist to see the connections there between what these 21 scientists discovered, experts from 19 different institutions, concluding that this very likely was the ancient place of Sodom and Gomorrah and resulted from a massive airburst or comet. The proposed airburst was larger than the 1908 explosion over Russia where a 50-meter-wide bolide, a meteor that explodes in midair, detonated with a 1,000 times more energy than the Hiroshima atomic bomb. These scholars, with more than half with scientific posts, also claim that the destruction matrix, which they put at around 1650 B.C., is highly unusual and atypical of archaeological strata throughout the Near East. Unlike destruction caused by earthquakes or warfare, were pottery shards melted into glass, some bubbled as if boiled, bubbled and melted building brick and plaster, uh, a high-temperature event. But last month, a couple of postdoctoral guys, unbelieving, decided to take issue with it all and have created havoc over it. So, Collins, the lead archaeologist here, said they've been working six years to produce their findings. So he reiterated his agreement with the findings of the authors of the original paper, going a step further to claim it's sure evidence of the biblical account of Sodom's fall. In one of his many video clips, he claims he's walking through the mud brick gate of the city, and he says this, we are now entering Sodom, unquote. We are now entering Sodom. Friends, I want to tell you, we are now entering Sodom. In fact, we are already in Sodom. You and I are living in Sodom. If God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for their debauchery, what would he do today? 
when the President of the United States is actually fostering, fomenting, and seeking to compel every man, woman, and child in every institution to engage in the very same activities. At the same time, our government trying to prevent the Bible from being made public in military institutions across the country. In other words, we do not want a divine foot in the door, yet while Bill, while uh, Joe Biden is claiming to be this wonderful, observant Catholic, whatever that means. So, are we in the last days yet? Well, try this one on for size. Here's the headline today. Move over Nimrod. Amazon gets the green light for its Tower of Babel headquarters. We talked about this several months ago. I'm looking at the picture of it now. It's amazing. Amazon's plans to build a helix-shaped Tower of Babel as the centerpiece for its forthcoming second headquarters in northern Virginia has been given the green light by the Arlington County Board. What does Amazon represent, friends? It represents the universal language of money. That's what it represents. The universal language of money. It was in February 2021 that the online retail giant announced plans for its spectacular 350-foot tower to be a featured item that will house more than 25,000 workers once completed. The helix stands out because of its possible resemblance to the Old Testament's Tower of Babel. It's not a possible resemblance. It is a real resemblance and an intentional resemblance. The Tower of Babel, an attempt by man to reach the heavens before mankind's languages were confounded or confused by God. And here's Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon and the nearby Washington Post, has a fancy to liken himself to the ancient biblical character Nimrod, who built the tower. So is Amazon intentionally making its new headquarters to resemble the ancient Tower of Babel? I'm absolutely convinced they are. Otherwise, they would not choose this design. It is an intentional effort to thumb their nose at the God of the Bible and say, we're going to finally conclude it. We're going to finally build the tower. Now, the same thing was true for the European Union when they built their headquarters in Strasbourg, France. They built it also on the order of the Tower of Babel. This is becoming thematic now for the Western world. This is the unifying spirit of a one-language Western world. This is the unifying rediscovering of values that we're told is going to defeat Vladimir Putin. We all get together. United as one. God came down and he looked and saw that they were all speaking the same thing at Babel. And so he caused them to babble. He caused their language to be confounded so that they could not understand one another and had to cease from building. So what's going to happen this time? 
God's going to let him get by with it until it comes time to crush their final effort to not only rebuild the Tower of Babel, but rebuild the complete spirit of Babel to govern the world. It's called the One World Order. Or, in economic terms, the Great Reset. Well, guess what? Arlington County, Washington, D.C., the Planning Commission voted 9-0 to zero to support the project. This last Saturday, they voted 5-0 to one, five to zero to approve the plans. It's going to dominate the region's skyline like no building other than the Washington Monument. Friends, Babel, now the Tower of Babel, will dominate Biden's Washington. Are you listening? We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at saveus.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And uh, for some of our listeners today in Massachusetts and Connecticut, they're able to listen to this program for the first time on three new stations up there. Three new stations because come the end of April, those listeners who've been listening on WACE for 22 years will no longer be able to hear this program there. No, but you'll have to listen to this program on the other stations that we have told you about over the past several weeks. So, I hope you'll avail yourself of that information. Uh, for those of you who have heard that uh, announcement before, I urge you to tell your friends, Romans and countrymen there in Massachusetts and Connecticut to help spread the word Get the word out, because these are the times that try men's souls. We're confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective, day after day after day now for 27 years on this program. So, what we're looking at today, when we talk about uh, Babel or Babel and Sodom and Biden, what we're really talking about is the spirit not only of the new world order or global government, but the spirit of that which was absolutely despised by God because he destroyed Sodom. He just obliterated it. Away with you. 
And if you were to read the last book of the New Testament before the book of Revelation, just one chapter, Jude, he warns about what God is going to do with sodomizers. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. And Mr. Biden is leading the way, just like his predecessor, who he's modeling his administration after, the none other than Barack Obama. Barack Obama set out to intentionally sodomize this nation and to sodomize the world. When he went to ask Africa to try to effectuate that, they booed him down. They said, no way, Mr. Obama. You may think you're the son of Kenya, but you're actually the son of the wicked one, and we're not going to have any part in it. Now, Mr. Biden is following and intensifying the efforts of Mr. Obama. Now, what does this look like? Well, transgender media grips the White House. Transgender mania grips the White House. What does that look like? Let's find out. There's no such person as a transgender, writes Bill Donahue. You're either male or female, but there's, there is such a thing as transgenderism. It's an ideology that promotes the fiction that the sexes are interchangeable. To win, proponents are bent on getting to children prompting little kids to question whether they're satisfied being a boy or girl. So we have states now, including New Jersey, that just passed a law compelling in the schools kids, second graders, to be taught transgenderism. Now here's what Bill Donahue says. He's writing on behalf of the Catholic Church. He says there's no more rabid advocate of transgenderism in America than the President of the United States. Indeed, transgender mania has gripped the White House. Within months, the Biden administration will finalize changes to Obamacare that will make it easier for persons seeking to transition to the opposite sex. The Department of Health and Human Services is leading the way treating gender identity as a status worthy of being covered by laws against sex discrimination. Changes also will be made to health care plans so that sex transition procedures can be covered. When White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki recently said that, quote, gender-affirming health care for transgender kids is the best practice and potentially life-saving, unquote, She offered no evidence to support that outlandish claim, but she did make plain that gender-affirming care meant, first, social affirmation, second, puberty blockers, third, hormone therapy, and then last, gender-affirming surgery. So it's a four-step approach, a sanitized way of saying that the White House is committed to encourage the sexually confused to transition to the opposite sex and that chemical castration and genital mutilation will follow. And Pisaki went even further and warned lawmakers who work against them that they have been put 
on notice not to mess with the president. In other words, they've been threatened. They'll be destroyed if they mess with the president and his agenda, his sodomizing agenda. But Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida apparently has disregarded the notice. So his Department of Health has issued its own guidelines on the subject. In fact, he says that Biden's ideas have long-term irreversible effects, and the best way forward is to recommend against treating children and adolescents at this time. Now, why might that be? Well, the Amsterdam University Medical Center surveyed 4,600 transgender men and women between 1972 and 2018, and here's what they found. That transgender medical treatment shortened the lifespan of their patients by 50%. Anybody listening yet? So, we have a potential meltdown now over Sodom. Mr. Biden is sodomizing the nation. He is leading the nation into its final sodomizing position, shaking its fist in glorious rebellion against the God of creation. There's no other way to put it. His pride is irreversible. This is the very spirit of Antichrist. No, I'm not saying that Joe Biden is the Antichrist. But the spirit of Sodom and the spirit of Babel is the spirit of Antichrist. It is the spirit of the new world order. It is the spirit of the new so-called values that are uniting the Western world. And we're not through yet today. Hang on to your seatbelt. I want to make available to you my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Friends, we are living in this Antichrist cesspool. And it's going to become more and more desperate because the end result... There is a state, I'm trying to remember which one it is, that is now acting to compel, I believe it's Delaware, I believe, no, it's Rhode Island, now acting to compel every man, woman, and child to get the vaccine or have your taxes doubled. And if you fail to have your children vaccinated, you may be jailed. Now, friends, this is tyranny. So if you fail, as Joe Biden says, if you fail now to join with him, Jen Psaki has said, beware, we're putting you on notice. There's going to be war. There's going to be hell to pay. The president's going to take you down. All right, now, let's move from there. 
By the way, the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, $22 on our website, saveus.org, $22 on the website, saveus.org, or call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Antichrist. Now, Joe Biden wants to force Christian hospitals now to kill babies in abortions or shut down. Christian and conservative organizations have raised alarms this week about a potential new abortion mandate from the Biden administration that could shut down Christian health care throughout the whole United States. They've discovered the plans for the radical new regulation buried in a legal memorandum from the pro-abortion leadership conference and U.S. Department of Health and Human Services announcement. It's crafted to be an anti-sex discrimination provision under the Affordable Care Act. Notice the connection back to Mr. Obama. The anticipated regulation likely would force Catholic and Christian hospitals, doctors, and other medical workers and insurance companies to provide abortions, transgender surgeries, and other procedures with no religious exemptions. The document revealed that the Health and Human Services has promised to revise its mandates on health plan coverage and performance to include surgical abortion, cross-sex hormones, gender transition surgeries, gender-affirming cosmetic surgeries, and voice modification. The leader said the plan does not include any religious exemptions. And the billion-dollar abortion chain Planned Parenthood is one of the driving forces behind this. This will compel all health care providers, clinics, nursing homes, hospitals, group health insurers, and third-party administrators of self-fund. It will effectively apply to all employers with a health plan and shut down all Christian health care. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. For 27 years here on Viewpoint through Save America Ministries, we've been pleading the cause of a lifetime to a jury of our peers, the American people, and more specifically, the church in America. 
to prepare the way of the Lord. We've used every single ability that we have had to take the issues of our time as the vehicle to introduce and apply the authority of the Word of God in the life of we the people. You see, it's not about, Save America Ministries is not at its root about an organization called America. It's not about an institution. It's about we the people. That was what was unique about America, we the people. Right there, the first three words in the preamble of our Constitution, we the people. It's all about the people. It's not about a government. It's about the people. And when the people have become universally decadent and debauchery, debaucherous, there's nothing left. Nothing left but judgment. We've been wooing and warning and preparing the way of the Lord now for 27 years with increasing intensity, ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And now, we're heading down the final stretch. How long is the final stretch? Well, I cannot say absolutely, but what I can say is 2030 is established as the final implementation of the New World Order in which all of these other things that we've been warning about will have taken place and you will lose your freedoms. And as Klaus Schwab says, you will own nothing and be happy about it. This is the ultimate building of the Tower of Babel. It is the combination of the physical buildings that that reveal the heart of the matter in structures like Joe, uh, Jeff Bezos, Amazon headquarters now in Washington, D.C., that are being built, the Tower of Babel, to tower over all the other buildings in Washington. In addition to that, we have all of these debaucherous activities that are not being thwarted by government, but are being forced by government to compel the people into unrighteousness. But as the scripture says, uh, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? For righteousness alone exalts a people or a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people and God will bring down his wrath upon it. Now, why am I mentioning that now? Because, friends, an awful lot of people have not quite realized it yet. This is serious business. We have no deep pocket with which to finance this ministry. None. We were told when we got on the air 27 years ago that if we did not have a million dollars in our pocket, don't even try. Don't even pretend to get on the air. We've been on the air 27 years now. No, we're not on 500 or 1,000 stations. Because you have to have a deep pocket to be able to facilitate that. 
or you have to be able to tell, be willing to tell the people what they want to hear and not tell the people what they ought to hear. And that's not why we were called. That's not why I left the practice of law at the height of my career to plead this ultimate cause of a lifetime to a jury of my peer, peers, the American people, but particularly professing Christians in the land, God's warmest audience. Now, we not only stand in the need of prayer, friends, but we need, we stand in the need of your financial assistance. We have no commercial broadcast, no commercial support for this program. Zero. We depend wholly on God's people seeing the need, being moved in their heart to invest together with us, because that will render you a co-broadcaster with us to get the message out to prepare the way of the Lord. There is no higher calling. There is no higher calling. People's lives are being changed when they listen. Someone said about this program, you just can't listen to Viewpoint long and not be changed. You will change. You'll either resist the truth or you'll embrace it and your life will change. One one or the other. You can't go both ways. You either resist and say, I don't want to hear it, and you turn it off. Or you embrace it and gradually grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be strengthened in your faith, putting on the whole armor of God that you may be able to strong, be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand, having your loins girt about with truth and preparing your children and your grandchildren and pastors, your people, with a new and vigorous intensity moved by the Holy Spirit with a holy boldness such as you've never had before. Now, friends, I want to urge you to take this seriously. Become a partner with us. Send those gifts by faith to Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You can write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You can call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Go on the website, saveus.org. Many ways. But do it today. Don't be a professional procrastinator, okay? Now, very quickly, I want to go over with you four additional items that reveal how Sodom has dominion over us, how the Tower of Babel, the spirit of Babel has dominion over us, and the spirit of Joe Biden is activating all of this, not only on our country but to coordinate the entire Western world in the same debauchery. This headline, it's disturbing. Energy company accused of incinerating babies' bodies for electricity. A group recovered five aborted children from the Washington Surgery Center an abortion facility owned and operated by abortionist Cesar Santangelo in Washington, D.C. The people that recovered these bodies were given a box of medical waste that contained the remains of aborted children by a Curtis Bay Energy driver. And what was being done with Curtis Bay Energy's so-called medical waste is truly disturbing. 
One of the speakers at a press conference stated that Curtis Bay Energy is burning the bodies of aborted babies along with medical waste to create energy for Baltimore. That they receive, transfer, and burn the corpses of aborted babies to make electricity for the households and businesses of the Baltimore area. Does that sound like sodomizing wickedness to you? Next, in Wyoming, a so-called abortion desert because they weren't doing abortions there, now is going to open its first surgical abortion facility this summer to supposedly expand access to reproductive health in abortion deserts around the world. In other words, to multiply abortion even in areas where it doesn't exist today. The lead person, Julie Burkhart, head of Circle of Hope's director, it's a euphemism for hatred for kids, she was the CEO of Trust Women and has established two abortion facilities and oversees a third, and she previously worked alongside Dr. George Tiller, the infamous abortionist who committed abortions up to 36 weeks and was shot and killed in 2009, and Dr. Tiller had a full-size crematorium in his office for cremating babies. You had enough yet? Well, here's another one. Students at Methodist Institution pray to the great queer one. Report for the Institute on Religion and Democracy has documented that students at Duke Divinity School, affiliated with the United Methodist Church, have held a pride worship service to pray to the great queer one. Revealed that Divinity Pride, a student group affirming the dignity, faithfulness, and strength of lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer, and questioning intersex, asexual, and gender sexuality nonconforming Christians. Justice Mitchell, a first-year MDiv student, stated she believes that we can become holy, we can become worthy, we can become valued, even as we remain queer, even as we discover our own queer God whose presence is within these walls. So they're making up gods in their own image, the gay, woke, and whatever else the left is idolizing at the moment. We could go further, but we don't have time. One described the Duke event as a bizarre service, and the students have made a god out of their own proclivities. The Presbyterian Church USA, which is so far left as to make Duke Divinity School look like a mega country and enterprise, last October published a new hymn entitled, The Climate is Changing. In September of 2019, climate idolaters at Union Theological Seminary began worshiping potted plants as a liturgical response to our climate crisis. And then finally, in our mother country, the latest stunner from the transgender agenda sweeping across the free world, a ruling has been issued in the United Kingdom 
that male police officers now are being allowed to strip search female subjects. That is, if the officer identifies as a female. So if the male identifies as a female or says he identifies as a female, he's allowed to strip search a female. And if he, if the female rejects, she could be accused of a hate crime. The ruling came from the National Police Chiefs Council. Friends, this is what a reprobate, reprobate mind looks like. This is the sodomizing of a nation, of a people, of the entire Western world. The entire Western world is becoming Sodom and Gomorrah. This is what is being united in a new global order. Now, who do you think is going to rule over that new global order? A counterfeit Christ figure who will gain dominion through flattery, as the prophet Daniel foretold, who will, through the so-called pursuit of peace, destroy many, who will come against both Christians and Jews, Orthodox Jews and true Bible-leaving Christians, with the world's greatest persecution, to compel them to diss what God has said, to embrace the spirit of Sodom and of Babel, and to come under an ultimate curse. Are you beginning to see how this is developing? This is not a game. This is the real deal. And we're translating it here right on viewpoint so you can't miss it. There's no euphemism. There's no dancing around it. We're stating it straight out. Now, the question that should loom over your mind and heart, are you ready? Are you ready to stand in the evil day? Because if you think things are tough now, you ain't seen nothing yet. People get ready. Jesus is coming. Soon we'll be coming home. Get a copy of the book Antichrist, $22 on our website, saveus.org. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA and please consider becoming a partner. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 